Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that 4K podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about what, you know, 4K plan sponsors and how they don't really need to, uh, well, actually, where they do need to sweat the small stuff. Uh, of course, first things first, uh, go to that 4 site.com for further information on all our live events. We'll be in Texas on May 3rd, Arlington, Texas, that is. Um, and we will also be, uh, that's May 3rd, and also Yankee Stadium, the Bronx, New York, that's on June 7th. Uh, go to that 4 kcom for 100 bucks. You can attend. Uh, we'll talk about tickets and all that stuff at a later time. Uh, there will be uh, tickets for both events. There'll probably be some sort of charge for it. Just uh, trying to keep our costs low for not only me, but for also our uh, plant provider sponsors. We had our virtual event last week. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, back-to-back dates. Uh, if you missed it, it's uh, available right now on YouTube. You could, you know, beauty of YouTube, it's always there. You could stop and go as long as you're signed in. I mean, that's how I'm getting through the 1989 uh, Tommy, uh, the Who concert that I found on YouTube. It was a pay-per-view in 89 that I didn't get to watch since I, I, I didn't buy pay-per-view uh, on my parents' dime. But uh, a lot of great presentations. Bill Shore is always... Always has, you know, with Invesco, always has the uh, great, uh, great uh, presentations. Uh, pretty lively. Um, you know, banter with a lot of the uh, uh, presentations. And like I said, go to go to YouTube, watch it uh, if you ha- if you weren't part of the live event. Uh, obviously, pretty soon in the next few weeks, I'll mention the date for the 2025 conference. Again, that will be the fifth annual virtual national conference that we did. Uh, you know, it's... Believe me, after uh, the Disney events and, you know, during COVID and whatnot, uh, it's a lot easier to do a virtual event, a lot easier with the plant provider sponsors uh, to deal with it as well. Um, And as far as the presentation here at hand, you know, uh, they always say that you shouldn't sweat the small stuff. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn. Uh, I live in a household with a lot of stress, so I was always anxious and, uh, you know, I still probably would bite my nails among other stuff. And, uh, you know, I do, uh, I do, I would sweat the small stuff. Um, you know, they tell you not to, but I, but I always did. But, uh, you know, the problem here, you know, when they say that you shouldn't sweat the small stuff, I mean, that you should not focus your energy on things that don't hold significant importance in your life. Um, but, uh, the problem as a plant sponsor, you, you have to sweat the small stuff. Uh, when you're a plant fiduciary, you have no choice, uh, it is what it is. It's always there, uh, that fiduciary liability. So you do have to sweat the small stuff. Um, and I'm not suggesting when you say sweat the, you have to sweat the small stuff, I'm not suggesting that you, you don't, you know, sweat the big stuff. Uh, I've been a risk attorney for, you know, it's hard to believe it's 25 years now. Um, like farmer's insurance, I, I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I've seen quite a few things uh, in my adventures I've known three people who have gone to federal prison for stealing from planned assets. Um, I had a client sued for the Department of Labor for three million bucks just because the actuary didn't give the woman valuations for years and gave very, very pure advice. You know, I had a client that put all their money in with Bernie Madoff. Uh, I've seen catastrophes and criminal activity, but the big errors like theft and fraud, but those issues are few and far between. Um, obviously, the big stuff, you should always sweat.
make sure that the, the financial advisors with a reputable firm but that doesn't custody their assets. You know, uh, when it comes to mistakes, you can't, uh, you know, you can't be uh, like George Costanza from Seinfeld and claim you had no idea what you did was wrong. The big issues in the retirement plan space are pretty straightforward. Thou shalt not steal. Uh, thou shalt not uh, have a, a, a breach of a duty of prudence and care and loyalty and all that kind of stuff. Thou shalt deposit the salary of the furrows on a timely basis. Uh, it's not your money. This is just common sense things. But for the small stuff, you know, to me, the ERISA bond is one of those smaller ideas. You know, plans got to be bonded. 10% of the amount of assets in plans, up to a minimum bond amount of $1,000 per plan. The maximum bond amount can't be requ can be required to be half a million per plan. Uh, the maximum is a million for holding employer securities. You have to file 5500 for the plan. It's ERISA covered. You don't have a bond with the right amount. You, uh, you have uh, checked the box for a possible audit. That's a good way to get an audit from the IRS or the DOL. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll see mistakes on the bonds because they don't have the requisite coverage. They, they you know, they bonded it for a certain amount, assets have grown, and they've not updated the that 10% requirement. Um, you know, another problem with the bond, bond is that it's not really an ERISA bond. What they have is a crime policy because their insurance salesperson didn't know what the heck they were doing, that sort of thing. So, you know, these are, you know, small things, but these are, are things that, uh, you know, certainly do happen. And uh, that's that's obviously a problem. Definition of compensation. Uh, I, worked for, uh, I worked for a union law for about a year, and I, I, I hated it. Uh, you know, I'm all for collective bargaining. Uh, I believe in that right. But uh, I uh, also, you know believe in the idea that if you hire me as your attorney, I'm going to try to do a great work at, at a price that you can pay. And uh, in my practice uh, on my own, I've never had anybody complain about my bill. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Most of, you know, when you have a flat fee, they know up front what it is. They can't complain later. Um, you know, for the audits, I've never had anybody complain about it. Um, and I worked for that union law firm, and we had one of those 401k plans that was one of the oddball 401k plans. Most of the plans that we had were pension plans since we had union clients. And I, I think it was the 401k, 401m regulation amendments. I, that's dating back, why do I want to say that's like 2007 or something like that, 2006, I don't know. I remember wanting to use an amendment that was produced by Relias, who I had an account with. Uh, Sunguard Corbell or whatever. What is FIS Relias now? They keep on changing. It's like, uh, you know how old you are based on how many different name changes you could give them. But anyway, they have these, you know, ancillary amendments. You find it on their website and you use it. They're pretty smart people. They know what they're doing and uh, you know, the client will only have to pay a few hundred bucks. I and mean, what's it's so hard to, to do a document that's already just fill in the blanks and all that stuff. The ERISA attorney that I work for, uh, she was a pain in the rear end. And uh, she wanted me to do the amendment from scratch and probably charge the client 30 grand when I could have done it for 300. 
I come from the school of, uh, like I said, I always kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I work, you know, as an arts attorney for TPAs, 10 years, and uh, I will, uh, you know, it allowed me to work efficiently and work for a flat fee and, and whatnot, and uh, I still have a lot of, uh, I still have a handful of actual clients that are actually TPAs. And uh, one of my favorite movies is This is Spinal Tap, and uh, they always said, uh, I think it was uh, David St. Hubbins, the Michael McKean character in the movie, which uh, Michael McKean uh, follows me on Twitter, and I follow him, and I don't know why that's a big deal, but it's a big deal for me. But uh, he did say there's a fine line between clever and stupid. There are plan provisions that are really simple and not, you know, if they're not out of the box. Uh, I always find that there'll be less plan errors. You know, W-2 compensation for compensation, that's it. It's really stupid. It's really simple stupid. Um, you know, employers may want to exclude this, this, and that. Bonuses, taxable fringe, benefits, car allowances, and all that stuff. And there's that problem for the want of a nail. And, you know, for the want of a nail, a kingdom was lost. And for the want of trying to, you know, in my opinion, cheap out on the employer contribution for certain areas of compensation, plan sponsors are putting the plans at risk. Plan administrative error, uh, whether it's a plan document error or it's done, the administration done incorrectly by them or the TPA, what's the point? Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to employer contributions and car allowances and all that, you're talking a few bucks here and there. Um, too many times plan sponsors think they have exclusions, the plan document says something else, or, you know, uh, TPA was doing it incorrectly based on what the plan document says. Whatever it is, uh, it's, to me, it's the small stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously you allow uh, people to defer on these forms of comp if they're part of comp, but I, I think in, in the nutshell, you're, you're putting the plan up for error when it doesn't really need to be, uh, to be such, a, such a problem. Next are the compliance tests. Uh, obviously, qualified plans have compliance tests. Uh, make sure the plan doesn't discriminate in favor of highly compensated employees. Uh, you know, we got coverage, top heavy, ADP, ACP, and all that stuff. Uh, we have that 2% difference. If you have more than a 2% difference between an HC and an HC, plan fails. You, uh, refunds, you do QNEX and, and whatnot. Um, you know, the problem obviously is if you have an ADP test, you've done it incorrectly and it's discovered years later, the opportunity to uh, refund is gone. It's all about doing QNEX and uh, corrective contributions. Uh, and, you know, the problem with testing a lot of times is what I call garbage in, garbage out. TPA asks you for information. If you incorrectly answer, you know, compensation or different own corporations that are affiliated and all that stuff, TPA uh, is not going to, you know, TPA is not Karnak the Magnificent. They're not going to figure out that uh, Bim Salabim, you know, you got a, uh, you know, they, they, they could read, you know, the envelope that there's a there's another company out there. They don't. Payroll data has got to be correct. All that kind of stuff has got to be correct because if you want correct results, you have to give correct answers. You know, uh, obviously, uh, Testing failures are easier and cheaper to fix when they're detected much, you know, than, than when they're, you know, detected much later. Um, I've had plan sponsors write big checks because of uh, failed compliance tests later down the line. Um, of 
course, loans are such a big problem. Uh, it's there. Uh, you know, I can't tell a plan sponsor not to put in a loan provision. I believe that plan participants in times of emergency should be able to tap their 401k plan, even if they want to use the loans to buy a house. I mean, it's not for me to decide. My morals aren't theirs. If they need it, they need it. Listen, I'm, I'm sitting here where I, you know, five feet of water. Uh, I had a plan with a hardship distribution. I utilize it. Not my happiest moment in life, but my happier moment is this week when I start paying off my mortgage and hopefully being uh, completely debt-free within the next two and a half weeks. Um, you know, you just got to make sure that you know, you have to sweat the small stuff. And, and, and when it comes to loans, is that the payroll, you know, checks or, you know, the payments are being made to the loans. And if you offer multiple loans, then all the loans get paid and you avoid having a uh, deemed distribution for your plan participants. It's nothing worse than telling your buddy, uh, listen, uh, that uh, loan you took out, uh, that we haven't been taking out payments for like the last quarter. Uh, it's a theme distribution, and you have a 1099 tax event, and eventually when you do get paid, you know, your assets out of the plan upon termination, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, obviously uh, taken out. It, you know, it's that, 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 that there's an offset. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, keep it simple, stupid, one loan outstanding at a time, minimum loans of 1000 bucks. Uh, you're not a uh, payroll loan, uh, was it, payday loan company. Um, and, uh, you know, again, if people want to take out multiple loans, uh, it's just a recipe for disaster. And, again, keep it simple, stupid. Last but not least, notices in housekeeping. You know, the plan is subject to ERISA. Uh, law is promulgated to protect retirement plan participants. There are notice requirements. You need to make sure that participants are getting it. And participants include people the, of yours that uh, left employment and still have an account balance in the plan. Uh, our friends at Plan Notice, uh, Michael Kirschman, they're they're really good at that stuff. Uh, it's uh, doesn't it's not very very expensive for them to put out the notices out there for you. And uh, you know, to me, uh, the idea that you know. Former employees aren't your problem. They certainly are your problem. And, you know, if they're not getting the education materials, if they're not getting information about the new investment changes and whatnot, that could certainly be a problem. And that's something that should be avoided, in my opinion. But uh, that's how I see it. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just something that has to be, you know, it's a, it's a small stuff that I, I really believe that most plans don't really follow and don't really care. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, that, you know, part of it, it's not just, you know, SPD notice or an SAR notice, but stuff, you know, dealing with uh, uh, plan investments and all that kind of stuff. Well, hope you enjoyed this episode of the 1K Podcast. A little uh, quick one this week. Um, it's the nature of the week. Um, funny story is... Uh, I went through a whole, so, you know, I write these articles, and that's the basis of these um, topics, and a funny story this week is I recorded an episode today, and um, I sent it to, now I, uh, apparently, I, I searched the articles to make sure I, I, I didn't do an episode about it recently, and it turns out I, I did an article, a 
posted an article, well, tried to post an article and, and did a, an episode on a topic that I actually did in December. And it's problematic. You don't even remember if you did that topic because I did a search of all the documents that I posted and apparently that didn't show up. But so I actually had to record two episodes and I deleted the one from, you know, December and all that kind of stuff. But hope you understand. Um, and of course, like I said, that foreignksite.com, Texas, Yankee Stadium, be there, a lot of fun, and of course, um, we'll get you more info on the 2025 virtual conference. So, uh, until next time, uh, we hope uh, you tune in next week for another fun-filled episode of that 401k podcast.